Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. So the word gospel means good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are times that it's hard to end a reading like that. This, this is the gospel. This is the good news. But we'll get to that. Certain numbers have different meanings in the Bible. There are people who say that every number in the Bible has some sort of special deeper meaning. But honestly, sometimes a number is just a number. But there are some numbers that we see throughout the Bible that definitely mean something a little bit more. Numbers that are repeated over and again through the texts. Numbers like 12 or 40 or 7. These are numbers that we can probably come up with a handful of stories or a handful of examples. And today in the beginning of our gospel, we get one of those numbers. We get the number 7. Peter asks Jesus how many times he must forgive someone who sins against him, as many as seven times, which kind of sounds like a lot, but I know there are people who I've had to forgive more than seven times. But Jesus says, no, not seven times, but, and this depends on your translation, it's either 77 times or 70 times 7 times, which is 490. And honestly, while both of those numbers are much bigger than 7, I know I've probably had to forgive someone that many times too. And I'm sure that someone has had to forgive me at least that many times. Maybe it's apt that Teddy's here today. (laughs) Being married does that. So does that mean that we're done with this forgiveness thing? That I should keep a tally sheet of how many times I've forgiven each person, and once I hit 490, the biggest number just to be safe, that I can stop needing to forgive that person? Obviously the answer is no, and I think I heard someone say that too. No! And I promise we'll get back to this number seven in a little bit. But Jesus gives us a parable, as he often does, to explain what he means. And as they often are, this parable is challenging, to say the least. We have a king who's going through his budget, going through his spreadsheets, and following up on those who are in debt to him. First, let's do a brief overview of monetary units that are measured today, because it's kind of important. One denarius is about a day's wage. A talent is about 6,000 denarii. So in our parable, a man owes the king 10,000 talents, which conservatively is a couple billion dollars with a B, billion dollars. And the second man owes 100 denarii, just a little over three months of a day's wage. 
So when the king says that he will sell this enslaved man, his family, and all of his possessions and require payment to be made until the debt is paid, the man begs for the king's patience and time to repay the debt. And instead of just that, the king pities the man who honestly would likely never be able to repay this debt, and he completely forgives the entire 10,000 talents. So far, this parable seems to align really easily with the idea of forgiveness is importance and the need for mercy. And then we come to the more challenging part of the parable. Then this man, newly forgiven of this massive debt, comes across another enslaved man who owes him 100 denarii, just a little over three months' wages. Not billions, but still not a minuscule amount of money. And our recently forgiven debt-free man demands that he be repaid and offers no mercy and no forgiveness of the debts owed him, and has the man thrown into prison. When others hear of this, they go to the king. And the king become enraged with the lack of mercy that the man has shown, especially in the light of his own massive debt being forgiven. So, in that rage, the king hands him over to be tortured, until the man can pay that entire debt. On the very human side of things, it fully makes sense that the king would get angry. He offered this unbelievable, unimaginable amount of forgiveness to this man, who in turn shows no mercy to another. As a human, his response makes a little bit of sense. But Jesus ends with the line, So my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And that's challenging to hear. And like I can kind of see, again, where we're going with this, it's kind of like a good German fairy tale where the man with the giant scissors is going to come and cut off your thumb if you don't stop sucking it. (laughs) So don't suck your thumb, Conrad. If you want to read that book, I have it. It's a great story. It's only in German, though. I'll translate it. But reconciling that end with a God who loves us and wants what's best for us is a challenge. And this isn't the only parable that we see in the Gospels that has this ending of punishments for those who refuse to walk the walk of their faith. There are multiple, especially in Matthew, that end with weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it's challenging. And maybe some of this hyperbolic nature of the parable, which we see in the amounts that these men owe can be seen in what happens to the man. That worst fate possible is left for the man when and only when he refuses to forgive the other. And we know from psychological research 
that there are studies that show that forgiving is both healing for the one who needs to be forgiven and the one who is forgiving. And there is and needs to be accountability for harmful actions and abuses of power. God has forgiven us again and again and again, over and over. And I can speak from my life experience, and I'm sure you may be able to speak from yours, in ways that we could never imagine or repay, and without any expectation of us to repay it. God, through Jesus, has forgiven us, even in our most rebellious and sinful moments, erasing it like on a whiteboard, even when the chalk sometimes sticks to our hearts in other ways. And because of this, we are called to extend that unrelenting forgiveness to others. And even, and especially when our efforts fall short, God's mercy is beyond imagining. But when we do have others who hurt us, we often want a limit on how much grace we offer them. How many times we accept an apology, how many times we have to forgive them. Peter asks, how about seven times? Come back to that number. Seven. Biblically, a number of completion and wholeness and perfection. When we see the number seven in the Bible, those are what we should be thinking about. Completion and wholeness and perfection. Peter asks Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many times as it takes to be completely done with it? But Jesus said to him, not just complete, but I tell you, until your relationship is wholly perfect and complete again. That number doesn't matter. There isn't a divine cosmic tally book that God uses to calculate how many times God has forgiven each of us, or that each of us has forgiven each other. Instead, our focus, as we've been hearing over the past month or so of scripture and sermons, is about how to be in right relationship with each other as a community and as a church. And aptly following the conversation from last week, where Jules talked about conflict, forgiveness is central to maintaining relationships with each other. And forgiveness like conflict, is not easy. It's challenging. Like Paul, we often want to limit it. Paul. No, 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 no. Like Peter. (laughs) Paul does it too. We often are a lot like Paul, but like Peter... Peter, we want to limit it. And like Peter, who will deny Jesus three times in one night, who will leave Jesus to die alone, who will break his promises to Jesus, we may not realize how much forgiveness we ourselves need, too. Do we know all the ways that we've hurt others in how we treat others or how we interact with systems of the world 
in a little bit before communion, we'll recite the Lord's Prayer. And together we'll say the words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God, forgive the boundaries that we break. Forgive the ways in which we hurt others. Forgive our sins and remind us that we need to forgive in that same way, wholly and completely, over and over again, till the relationship is complete. May we show the same grace and mercy in our forgiveness that God has shown us again and again through Christ. For this we can say, Thanks be to God.